2: Te o te on the rag mana wahine. Citizens of the nation, welcome back to On the Rag, a podcast for and about the mana of woman. With Alex Caseyaho, joined as always in this ripper New Year, twenty twenty, by Leonie Hayden Calder and Michelle court Excited to be here. It's been a long. Time.
1: I mean, we've seen a lot of each other, we to have. be fair, in the yeah. past week. Yeah, I feel like I'm your flatmate now.
2: I, lo- I, know, I love it. <laughs> it's really good. I love it. Should have rigged up some GoPros. That could have just been the podcast. That's
1: it. Like, um, I like the way we can divert each other from stuff. It's been really good. We should explain that what we've been doing is working on the new video
2: series for 2020. We've got season two coming at your mm, Yeah,
0: We've holed ourselves away in a little kitchen We've slaved over a hot table, (laughs) writing and thinking
1: (laughs) and laughing and and making very
0: stupid jokes and
1: occasionally talking about things that have got nothing to do with anything that we're going to be doing, which is how work should be.
2: Exactly. You need to have those diversions. I think to 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 remind you of your limits. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. To push you back on track. We haven't had a lot of chat about a breast milk, actually, just right before we started recording yes. this podcast, but also I recall during that writing process, it's just like a good topic to, I think, Yeah, clean. I was going to say cleanse the mind, but we're actually going to focus potentially on on the old breasts for season two of On the Rag. Their Don't. multifaceted uh. Uh,
1: symbolism and functionality mm-hmm. in, in today's
2: society. And their offensiveness. Yeah. And um, tits. And tits out for the boys. <laughs> tits a cult, out for the boys. A, a cultural study of tits out for the boys. Actually, not a bad idea. Um, what is this podcast? <laughs> We're here to talk about uh, things that have been going on in the news, and the media, and in our own lives. We like to just yarn to each other um, on work time. <laughs> and it's been a hell of a month already. I don't know about the two of you, but I'm like... It's still not the end of January. No. Well, it's the end of the
0: last day today. But God, it's felt like January twenty twenty has been ten years long.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've lived a thousand lives. Yeah. It does feel like that, which is really interesting because at this point in my life, it's supposed to everything's supposed to go really fast. But I just think so much has been packed into January, and it started with a hiss and a roar in terms of work and what was going on in the world, and and there's that lovely thing, isn't there, at the beginning of every year where you feel like you get a chance to redesign your life mm, yeah. because of what the you know, the calendar ticking over. So we should talk about <laughs> what we've all done to redesign our lives. Not in a goop way. Oh boy. When I
0: was away over the summer, um a lady that we were away with, um, she wasn't there for the whole time, but we met up with her a couple of times and she's sort of like a um a coach for like a in business. And she told us that New Year's resolutions are out, and what you do instead is you choose a power word for yourself to steer Mm. the direction of your year. And obviously, like, one word can have, like, a lot of different interpretations, but you have to, like, hold it at the center of, like what your goals are for work, for your personal life, for all those sorts of things. So we just came up on New Year's Eve with like our power words. I for the love year. this.
1: I've just got really excited I and know. I thought yes. of mine. Oh, good. Just instantly thought of mine. What's yours? Um,
0: mine was uh, oh my God. No I forgot <laughs> it. <laughs> like I couldn't remember job. like everybody else's <laughs> My friends was no, which I thought was, like, a really great, like, power word. Because she just does too much. She mm. accepts too much. She takes mm. on other people's shit. She takes on too much work. She does it sort of out of kindness, but also kind of out of desperation. So it was, like, you need to learn how to say no yeah. to other people and yourself. Yeah. Wow. So her word for the year was no. Mine was intention. Okay. So it was, like, do things with intention. Do it Like, everything with intention. Don't do anything just as, like, a throw away or just to waste time or like everything has to have intention
1: that's really good yeah
0: I just forgot it for a second there but then I started talking about it like (laughs) that's what it was um but yeah it was really interesting everyone's words were really different but I also think the exercise of coming up with your word even if it's not like something you end up doing it tells you a lot about yourself like people knew what their word was pretty quickly yeah Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. But was surprised
0: by it, but then also like, oh no, that's definitely it. And it's like, so a part of you knew what you needed to do. This is great. Um, yeah. And then it just came out. So it's like, even if you don't stick to it, it's a good exercise.
1: Well, Well, you just said that, like, I have not heard this before. We didn't, I haven't prepared this earlier. But as soon as you started talking about it, my word is Move.
0: Mm. Which is
1: because I feel like uh, mm. I need to move my body more, um, and and I don't mean you know go to the gym and do a spin class because I'm not that <laughs> kind of lady, but um, but I I just I sit too much. I'm too what's the word? I'm too uh, st- stat- stationary? Uh, stationary, stationary, like an envelope. And um, yeah, and also I want to travel, so I want to move around the world, and I also want to keep moving
2: my body mm. so yes. I'm done good. I'm good I love it the word that immediately came into my head also having not done this exercise was calm
1: <gasps> mm. nice. this year
2: I am trying to um had a lot of uh, sort of off the clock therapy with my stepfather who's a very spiritual very calm person and he was like stress is a choice and you choose every day to get stressed I can see it Because you've defined yourself by being busy and being stressed. Mm. And you need to just make a different choice. So I'm choosing calm this year.
0: Great. That's
2: lovely. It's going okay so far because not a lot. Well, actually not. (laughs) I find it hard to be calm reading uh, the news. Yeah. Of course. And I don't know how to. I don't quite know how to do that. I'm making choices in my work and my life where I'm like, I choose to not be rushed and I choose to not stress. But I don't know how you can read. Even just the things that have happened this month and go, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. So, any advice there would be very welcome. But I think that's really good.
1: I think anybody that can read the news, which is essentially about conflict, that's what news is, mm. um, anybody who can read that and not have. A uh, fight or flight or freeze response to it is not quite awake true <laughs> yeah. so but it's I guess what that means is choosing the things that you can do something about mm. rather than feeling overwhelmed by it mm. right
0: like choosing calm isn't about never feeling extreme emotions ever is it it's about your reaction to things right yeah so of course you're going to get angry reading the news But it's, like, what what you do when you step away from that.
1: And giving yourself permission to not take everything on board. Mm, mm. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. It's just, I mean, I'm sure we've sort of talked about this a bit already, but particularly then, you know, we've done a climate change episode of On the Rag, and that was, what, December and then January kicks off with, like, Australia kicking off, and it's like, what do you do? Mm. What can we do here As, like, one little person who, you know, is feeling guilty at a batch somewhere under the orange skies, you know, it's, like, complete paralysed feeling. But there are things that you can – I mean, I'm going to say two
1: things about that. One is I made a list of the things that help me deal with my anxiety, and one of them is tidying a drawer. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's one manageable thing that I can order, and it makes me feel tremendously good, so I'll pick one drawer – and I'll fix that drawer, and that make, and you know, you can go back to the drawer several times a day and open it and go, look how orderly managed that is.
2: It's delightful. That.
1: So yeah, so th- that's that's one tiny tiny practical thing. But in terms of the global stuff, I keep being impressed over this summer of bushfires in Australia with how many women are doing practical things to do um, to to do something with the. Fight response we have to Mm -hmm. it, you know. Mm -hmm. In our last episode for last year, it was climate change, and we talked about how that's a feminist issue. Part of that reason is because women are more affected by climate change, but it also is because women are more effective in fighting it. Women are right at the forefront of of climate activism, and I kept looking around at what was being done about the Australian bushfires and. So many of the useful things being done were done by women. Like, so mm. There are knitting groups. All, there's one in Christchurch, but there are many all over the world as well as all over New Zealand where people are knitting mittens for koala bears yeah. who have been burnt and yeah. knitting pouches for kangaroos who don't have mothers anymore and knitting, knitting crafting liners for, um, I was going to say cages, for, for the places that they put animals to make them comfortable and safe. So... That's one of the things that, and women have been you know, leading that one yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah,
1: and that's some great examples like Emily Wrights doing the auctions for Aussie that raised twenty eight thousand dollars. Yeah, with, they
0: did so well. Yeah, it was amazing. Incredible. And it was
1: so simple. Yeah, you just you know what can you offer and chuck it up on TradeMe. TradeMe said we won't charge you any fees. Twenty eight thousand
2: dollars later, yeah, somebody's going crazy. out to Incredible. a gig with John Campbell. Yeah,
0: <laughs> what a prize!
2: I know. Wouldn't that
1: be great? I wish I could afford that. <laughs>
2: And um, old oh, mate Celeste Barber. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that was yeah. just incredible. I remember seeing that fundraiser, which she did on Facebook, started on Facebook, and it was at about a million or so. And I was like, what the fuck? This yeah, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. I checked back in two days later. And what did it, it was like?
1: It closed off at $53 million. Whoa!
0: Are you serious? Serious. Yeah.
1: And the campaign was called This is Terrifying, and she did it through Instagram and Facebook, and, uh, and yeah, and $53 million mm. later. Mm. And she's, I was going to say, she's just a comedian from Australia, but she's not <laughs> She's not Kylie Minogue, who also, by the way, donated, I don't know, half a million dollars mm. or something. Yeah. But um, she's a person who went, oh, I don't like this.
2: This is really scaring me. What can
1: I do? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give a place where people can make a donation. Yeah.
2: Ah! Oh my goodness! And what about the woman who sold her notes? Oh yeah, that was phenomenal. I don't know about Twitter. that. One. Tell me about that. She said, "Um, she was just like, fuck it. She's like ten dollars. I think she's like make a donation. Oh no, make a donation. Send me your receipt, and I'll send you a note. Basically, yeah. Um, and she made <laughs> so much money. She made like
0: fifty grand or something. But it
2: was real interesting. I think she's from. California.
0: a little It was always a lot of news. She
2: needed to start hiring people because it got so out of control. <laughs> um, but it was, like, kind of amazing as well because she sort of did this follow-up thing being, like, you know, she's she essentially outed herself as, you know, um, a woman who I think she, you know, does that for a living. Mm. She sells photos of herself. She kind of operates online. And she had sort of outed herself as that being her profession to people who didn't know in her family. And she, I think she said she, like – her family stopped talking to her. It had a real significant impact on her personal life. And she was just mm-hmm. like, but fuck it, save the koalas. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just amazing. Like, it was just uh, talk about women using what they've got. Yeah. You know? That's great. And
1: completely, you know.
0: Are
1: they all unique nudes to everybody? I'm not sure. Just... I imagine
2: at a certain point she would have had to start reusing some. Limited edition. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Who's going to know? Totally. um. Meanwhile, Jeff Bezos from Amazon (laughs) is out here donating the equivalent of about three minutes of work for him. Great. Thanks, thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff. The least you could do, like literally the least. Mm. I think Metallica donated more than he did.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, dear. But, yes, there is – there's always, you know, that, that old adage, look for the people who are helping, I guess is yeah. always a good way of... Yeah, staying calm in those situations.
1: How did we all cope with the orange skies? Because I had a terribly selfish response to it. I I spent that Sunday when we had orange skies in Auckland. I know there were orange skies further south in the days leading up to that. Mm. But um, I just lost my shit because this was the nuclear apocalypse I was promised in the 1970s. Mm -hmm. And I was. I really had to talk myself down from thinking this is the end of the world. The sky will never be blue again. And, you know, was, oh, poor Michelle's gardens. You know, my birds are gone. Because the birds stopped singing. They all disappeared from the the tui and the keredu were gone. Um, And, yeah, and then I realised after a a 24-hour period that this was just the tiny fallout that... That was an an indication of how serious it was yeah. in Australia, and I should shut up. and I didn't make a even donation. grow
0: up with the threat of nuclear apocalypse, and I felt that way as well. Okay, great. I, I mean, was like, great, oh, this is it. Yeah. This is totally it. Yuck. Fuck. Well, it was nice. Life in general was nice. It while was it <laughs> 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 the sky was nice while it lasted. I I got so freaked out when I went to the mall. Yeah. Okay. Like I just was like, I have to shut. The sky out of my life just for the afternoon
1: just so I like yeah
0: stop thinking that we're all gonna die in the next week
1: I stood on the deck looking out to, over the bush going what the fuck have we done
0: <laughs> did you fall to your knees and raise <laughs> your arms to the, the sky I did a little bit it. and Excellent. then I
1: then I opened a bottle of Prosecco and <laughs> it didn't didn't cheer me up but it took some of the angst out of it oh, I don't know no. <laughs> what have we
2: done Oh. Where are the birds? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really dramatic. It was great. Living for the drama. I didn't actually, I wasn't in Auckland, so I didn't see it in full force. But I think it was like a day or so previous. We were in Christchurch and it was, um, it wasn't orange, but it was just like, it looked overcast, but it was extremely hot. And we realized the overcast was the sm- smoke. It was smoke. Yeah. And Joe was like, I can taste smoke. And I was like, don't be stupid." <laughs> uh, you are being ridiculous stop being hysterical and then I like checked Twitter and I was like no yeah. <laughs> 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 again like all the drama comes back it's I mean there is no rational response to to that right like
1: <laughs> yeah but I kept reading other people's Twitter feeds going oh this makes me feel so <laughs> empathetic to our Australian neighbours oh, oh yeah right it's not actually about me oh,
2: oh yeah yep okay yep good call cool. <laughs> Oh dear! Um, moving from skies to stars, if you'll allow, if you'll, wow. if you'll allow, me, that was amazing. <laughs>
1: You got to interview Margaret
2: Atwood, Michelle.
1: I did. I did. It was um, it was fantastic and terrifying. And she told me off. I got um, <laughs> I got verbally spanked for a lazy question. Um, so because she's coming to New Zealand, she'll be here uh, in the second week of February in Christchurch, Auckland, and Wellington. And uh, and so as part of that. Um, a promotion for those big events in conversation with Margaret Edward which people have been complaining about because it's uh, 150 bucks for the best seats and I mm. keep going yeah you'd pay that to see Elton John so mm. you know sh- yeah. shut up
0: I don't know, Elton John is much more He's expensive much more. than that is he? Oh, oh, yeah. I, I have um,
1: paid much more than that Wow, uh, well John. well <laughs> so that's a bargain okay she's cheap as chips yeah. Um, and it was really amazing so she was in Toronto and I was uh, interviewing her for the project in Auckland and she couldn't see me but I could see her her and she didn't know anything about me and I asked some terrible questions um those questions that you chuck out going I wonder what this will hook mm-hmm. but she's 80 and she's won <laughs> the Booker Prize twice and she's not having a bar of that sort of carrying <laughs> right. on so there's quite a bit of Michelle 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 now that's not how you ask a question so, um, but it was amazing. Oh and she, we, we talked about, uh, mm-hmm. we talked about transgender issues. She is not a turf. I am delighted to say. I'm so pleased about mm. that. She says she can't, doesn't understand what the objection is to trans people using bathrooms. And if there is a problem, why don't we just redesign the bathrooms? Amen, sister. Yeah. Yes. Um, And we talked about Trump and, I, mean, I guess the thing that I came away with was, apart from that she's awesome. Um and I felt really scolded a couple of times, was (laughs) that she says any pushback against women is a sign of a totalitarian regime trying to take hold. And we should always watch out for those signs. So when we're threatened with losing whatever gains we've made, like abortion rights, you know you're in trouble. Mm. And, And the message that she's trying to get to men as well is that, When you try, when you start to uh, try to put women back in their boxes, the next people they're going to come for is men. So how about we all get onto it and sort it out? Mm. Yeah. And she would know. She's amazing.
0: Do you reckon, though, like, writing stuff like Handmaid's Tale would, I mean, she sort of pushed and extrapolated the I, these ideas to their very limit for creatively for creative reasons. Yeah. Do you reckon that maybe that the, the line starts to get <laughs> – That it gets normalised? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that you're like, you know, well, us all getting rounded up and put in concentration camps is just around the corner. Like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and she does talk mm. really clearly about that, saying that she wrote it in – when was it? 19 19- – Oh, it was uh 80, 90, Oh no, because I studied it at university. But anyway, so she wrote it decades ago as a warning: don't, yeah. don't let this happen. And then, and she feels. I don't think she feels guilty, but she is terrified that um, we're heading towards the dystopian future that she was warning us about. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm. Did you ask her about, um, I know there was some talk about the handmaid's costume as like a Protest symbol, yeah, which, um, which was great. What about Kylie Jenner's Handmaid's Tale birthday party? She, um, <laughs> she said she didn't want to be too critical of people
1: who weren't in the room when they were being discussed, but that clearly, if you thought that that was a birthday party costume, you had seriously missed the point. <laughs> so yeah, and she just found oh, so classy. So, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Subtweet on Kylie Jenner. Yeah, totally.
2: Yeah, well that's not a bad start to the year, you know. It was
1: pretty great. We
2: ended twenty nineteen with Gloria Steiner. Yes.
1: There's still hope out there. No, it. no. And <laughs> and how cool that a a woman of um of eighty, and I'm not saying eighty's old, but that you're still right at the centre of the zeitgeist and still making your contribution and still fighting. So yeah, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You didn't ask her what the last movie she watched was, did you? <laughs> no, but I did have on my question list, but was too nervous <laughs> to ask it. What is the least feminist thing you've done? Oh, yeah,
2: Michelle, Michelle, I'm Michelle, let's <laughs> back up there. Why is that important? <sighs> <sighs> um, keeping things positive. Another amazing uh, international superstar that that um, well, Margaret's not here yet, but Lizzo was here. Lizzo was in Henderson.
0: (laughs) Of all places. Of all
2: places. Um, And I just wanted to give a shout out particularly to a piece that was written after Lizzo uh, was kind of around, did the media circuit, performed at FOMO. And Kate Owen, um, who is like a social media... Genius, I believe. Yeah. I think that's her official term. Yeah, I know her as a Twitter person, but I know people don't like being called Twitter people. I've gotten trouble for that in the past Um, because she's also just a human. Um, (laughs) Wrote this amazing piece for the (laughs) spin-off called What Lizzo Did For Me um, about how her music and just her, I think a lot of it's just the confidence that just oozes out of Mm -hmm. Lizzo, which is completely infectious. And it's just every moment feels revolutionary of yeah. Lizzo just being. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, Wrote this really, really great kind of personal essay about listening to Lizzo's songs, particularly the song Soulmate, and kind of embracing some of the affirmations in it and how it literally, like not understating it, changed her life. And it's just an amazing, amazing piece. If you haven't read it yet, it's called What Lizzo Did For Me. And I think the lyric she lifted in particular was – um. Let me just find it. It's all about um you know buying yourself flowers, being there for yourself and the lyric is just damn you're the one and she started looking in the mirror every day and saying that to herself started off being like a very awkward a comfortable thing to do as you might expect um, and then eventually it just became how she felt yeah,
0: damn girl I was like you are my soulmate yeah. you deserve person the best in the mirror
1: sheets. yeah, and part of that story is that Kate Tweeted that about what Lizzo had inspired her to feel and be, and Lizzo picked that up and retweeted it,
0: and, and talked about and, it in an interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. so so, cool. so that connection, where I mean, that's that's the most powerful thing, is when somebody uh, on the world stage affects your life and you tell that to people and the person who is on the world stage affecting your life Mm
2: -hmm.
1: takes the gift back. I mean, Mm. it receives the gift that, yeah. I mean, there's a circle being closed, isn't there? It's really amazing.
2: Totally. Totally. Just Just wonderful. Just wonderful. I did like, it was quite a funny thing. You know how like they, they do their, these celebrities, (laughs) they do their like media run. They meet all the, you know, radio and TV hosts and, I, I assume because they have, like, kind of this rushed experience in each country, it's mostly their experiences with this media that informs what they understand the country to be. So I think Kanoa had got Lizzo to try some cheese rolls, which is, like, love it. <laughs> but then at FOMO, Lizzo, like, came out, she's like, I've had your cheese rolls. And it's like, you're talking to mostly Aucklanders. <laughs> and they're like, hey.
1: <laughs> what's what's that? Like,
2: Do you mean a sausage roll? roll? Was like, <laughs> yeah just you mean like from orphans kitchen <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was just quite funny and it made me really want a cheese roll I would love for cheese rolls to be, a, you know, a full national dish, but it's fantastic. They are
1: fantastic. I don't even know if I've had one. Oh God, when uh, this—the only reason, well, it's not the only. It's the major reason that I do national tours is to spend <laughs> at least half of that tour in the South Island, living on cheese rolls, right, and, and testing which ones are the are the best. Yeah, they, the best ones tend to come from Southland, not Mm. sort of area. Yeah, they do a nice one in Oamaru at the Whitestone Cheese Factory, but it's a bit fancy. Uh, I like the ones with the the cheese and onion dip mixed up. Yeah, me too. Can I tell you, um, this is uh, out of school, so this is just between us, uh, (laughs) that during that interview with Kanoa, Mm. um, Lizzo kept talking about how much she loved cheese rolls and would like to put one in her vagina. (laughs) <laughs> Which is delightful, but it's a seven pm show. Yeah, so they kinda... also
0: family planning advice against that. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It's well, definitely. Have, have, is it specifically on the list? <laughs> it's we, can not. Put it, we can definitely put it to. The we'll add
0: list. it to the list piece on the spin-off. Five <laughs> things to start putting in your vagina in twenty twenty. It's six now. Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> what if it was wholemeal
2: bread? <laughs> well, does that... mm. Oh, it's just yeast. It's yeast. Yeah. it's yeast. Okay. It's yeast for yeast. Right. We don't want that. <laughs> All right. You know, oh, no. This is a family show. Have we talked is about um, how you can make bread out of? Out, out of? Um, Say it. The downstairs yeast. <laughs> <laughs> No, we have not.
0: Sourdough. I
1: think we should talk about it's, that now. Um,
2: no, it's just something that I've been told by a someone in the baking industry <laughs> that it now,
0: is possible. I feel like there was an artist who served some yes. bread at their opening. I'm going to look it
2: up. Hi, it's that, ringing a bell. Now, is that like... Do people know that that's what they're eating? I don't know. In the know. same way, well, you have to mark like gluten, etc. <laughs> <laughs> May contain traces of lady juice. <laughs> it doesn't
1: look
2: oh, The bread doesn't look bad. Whatever that was that you just had on.
0: Yeah. It was a oh, British blogger. I mean, I reckon lots of people have tried it. Leavened with yeast from a vaginal infection. Oh. So that's the weird oh. bit. It's like it's thrush oh, okay. bread. It's not just being
1: oh, okay. like yeah, yeah, no, I chuck that on the lawn for the actual thrushes. <laughs> that's yeah, I I would want consent. To, I would want to be invited to consent to consuming that thrush bread. But it's all cooked and stuff. So it's not like I don't care.
2: <laughs> I think that's another question for family planning. Yeah. <laughs> what happens if you eat that?
0: Probably nothing much at all.
1: No, probably it doesn't go round in circles. You wouldn't. End up it with an
0: endless. <laughs> thrush
1: again. Ah, oh. might be homeopathic. It might be one of those things where a little bit of thrush bread stops you getting thrush. Maybe that is the bread you could put in the
2: cheese roll. I feel like we need to put a legal disclaimer in, in front of this, like, <laughs> none, like of the show. none of us are doctors. None of none of this hair. is medical advice. None of this has been scientifically tested. We are tested. not <laughs> medical professionals in any way. <laughs> On that note, cool tips. <laughs> <laughs> um, what can we recommend in, in good faith to people to do that will make their lives a little easier?
1: So the thing that I've been doing is uh, replacing – I don't use body lotion anymore. I have found a fragrance-free, paraben-free – Sunscreen. So instead of – because I – by the time – if you've put some body lotion on after the shower in the morning and then you have to put a layer of sunscreen on your legs and your arms and your every chest and everything, I get bored. I'm going now. Uh, So I just skip – I don't do body lotion anymore. I just do sunscreen. And found one that is basically a body lotion with SPF 50. Great. So that's really Mm. good. And I've also started the face sunscreen, mixing a little bit of BB cream into it to Tint it so that you can keep reapplying that all day without having a white face. So that's my tip.
2: You're a genius. Mm. Sun safety.
1: Yeah, I'm really into it because I had a biopsy with thing on my leg just before Christmas, mm-hmm. and I thought oh, it's 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 well past time to take this very seriously. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have done that thirty years Why ago. No more tanning and baby oil for you. No Michelle. more oh. coconut oil and lying in the sun. Yeah,
2: no, no I won't be doing that. I had a um the first time I've had. A blistering sunburn. You were privy to it, the both of you. You saw my hands.
0: Um, I I was furious at you. I I
2: was in so much trouble with everybody. I was guilty, (laughs) Denver. I was just, I'm just a pale lady who went to Pia and made some mistakes. (laughs) But it's the first time that literally, like, I had blisters. On my shoulders from the sunburn and I was Googling it and it was like, you know, you only need five bad burns in your life to up your rate, you know, your risk of skin cancer by this much percent. And I was just like, Bye. ah, so I'm definitely going to take all of your advice on board Michelle. Every morning SPF 50 on yeah. the face and on the arms yep. and one I just—I go to the beach now and just hats cover up
0: with like a fringe.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yes. Like Billy Porter yeah. wore to the Grammys—the fringe that closes
0: and opens electronically. That's
2: what I need. That's a great idea. But for my whole body, you know, like really wide brim. Yeah. Just yeah. Walking like a big <laughs> yeah. jellyfish. It's like a sort yeah. of what, one of
1: those solar showers. You yeah. could just wear one of those yeah. with the big curtain yeah. all around you. Yeah. That would be
2: quite good. You need a lid on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just good fun at the beach now, though, because I lie there um, with a hat over my face and just a long um, sheet over my whole body. <laughs> like, I just look like a nightmare. Like You could not...
1: do a Handmaid's Tale uniform true. and just be a permanent protest
0: against
2: true. hatred of women. True. That would work. That's true. What are your cool tips of the month, Leonie?
0: So I discovered this thing that is really helping me sleep, mm-hmm. um, and it's... Basically like a small rectangular wheat bag and it's, I think it's, my, my boyfriend gave it to me. I think he bought it from like a yoga supplies store yeah, yeah. that you like lay on your eyes when you're doing the pretend to be dead bit at the end. <laughs> <Yep>. Um. <laughs> or as other
1: people call it, a meditation.
0: Yeah, that bit. <laughs> Same thing. Um. And we've just moved into this new apartment and the bedroom, like the sun just comes straight in the window in the morning and the curtains are white as well. So I was like, oh, my God, it's so bright. So he gave me this, like, wheat bag eye mask, basically. And the thing I have discovered, it doesn't just keep out the light. There is something about the weight of that thing that puts me to sleep instantly. Wow. So that night, because I'm not a very good sleeper, I'm good once I get to sleep, but I find getting to sleep quite hard. And I had found the weight of that thing on my eyes so relaxing that morning that I just put it straight on my face, and I went to sleep within five minutes. Wow. It was really weird. And so I was also talking to my friend about it and she was talking about like your third eye and how sometimes you need to like put something on it (laughs) yeah, to um, just like keep your energy in because otherwise your thoughts just go a little bit like they're just all getting out and swirling around or whatever. (gasps) And like, I was like, that is kind of how it feels when I'm trying to get to sleep and I can't. And then I was like weighing down my third eye. This is great. And it's like I was putting my third eye to sleep. Now, I know that sounds hella frou-frou, but all I can say is this weighted eye mask thing is just like changing my life right now.
1: Does it change your dreams? Have you noticed that Mm. your dreams are
0: different? No, I have to figure that out. I didn't use it last night and I had some of the most hideous nightmares I've had in ages. So maybe.
1: Mm. Yeah. I really like that. I mm. think it's great. But, yeah,
0: I love the thing. I just want to take it everywhere with me now.
1: Those yeah. little wheat bags smell quite nice too. I remember the yeah, smell it, of the Originally it was
0: lavender flavoured, this one as well. The smell's kind of gone, but. Yeah. I yeah. just,
2: yeah, I like the wheatiness. It is a nice smell. yeah it's I love, a, like, the clamminess of a wheat bag as well mm. when you put them in. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Oh.
0: Good. Mm. We Good. like it. Might help someone. My cool tip
2: is stolen from Twitter. From Pinky Fang. <laughs> Who I think only tweeted this yesterday. um, Extremely hot dishwashing tip. Fill a spray bottle with 50% dishwashing liquid, 50% water. When you're only washing one or two items, you can spray it on and wipe or rinse it off without having to waste loads of liquid. And fill the sink every time. It's genius. Followed it up. She followed it up saying this tip changed my life and everyone that I tell gets super hyped on it. So consider this advice my gift to you too. Thank you very much, Pinky Fang. Yeah, that's Pinkie's right. Pinky's great. She's, the,
1: she's an artist mm. um, and she designed the auntie's logo and is currently redesigning <gasps> hey, it for there a, you go, fresh. So yeah, she's a
2: very cool woman. That's what a great. real one. Yay. Um, another cool tip. Another se- seamless segue coming up here. Okay, I'm, go I'm, on. I'm hanging on Perhaps it. the coolest tip mm-hmm. is to join the spin-off members. Ah, yes. It will cost you as little as just a $1 dollar one-off donation if you want to, but if you commit to donating $80 a year, you will get a Toby Morris tea towel.
0: Go on. It's a brand
2: new original piece of art. <laughs> and...
0: It's a detail
2: I would say is on the larger side. Yeah, and that's great. not a criticism. It's, like it's good. It's really good for wrapping up um, bread, loaves of bread. Yeah, if you make your fresh your, thrush <laughs> bread. your thrush
0: sourdough. Wrap it in a spin-off detail. <laughs> uh,
2: after you've sprayed
1: your fifty percent water <laughs> detergent on your on your dishes, mm-hmm. you can dry it off nicely. Dry it all off.
2: It's, this is... and, and you know, if you're me, you can. Use the tea towels to (laughs) cover up your body on the beach. (laughs) It's like actual endless uses. And you also will help us to keep making all the things that we make and produce award-winning journalism and writing and things that you all enjoy. So if you'd like to support us, um, support the Off members. That's great. It'd be
1: crazy not to. Great tip. Great tip.
2: Great organic tip. Um, So we've talked about a lot of positive stuff. I'm sorry I need to bring the mood down briefly because there's two other sort of darker news stories which I think have also produced some quite interesting, nuanced conversations. The first first being the death of Kobe Bryant. Yeah, and what you're allowed
1: to say about someone who has um, a complex place
2: in the social history. Mm, mm. And I think... um, I mean, because you saw it all kind of play on Twitter quite fast, yeah. mm. if that was where oh, you were processing whole, that news. It the was...
0: whole, um, every single stage of like the internet yeah. cycle just got uh, like an hour. I feel like I saw the whole thing play out within an hour.
2: Yeah, just like a snake kind of eating its tail.
0: Just adoration, <laughs> people pointing out the allegations, people, the backlash to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the defense of that. It was amazing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was quite incredible to watch. And there was also, you know, there was some quite, some prominent, I think even Rachel Wood uh, said something within an hour or two about the allegations. There was another, there was a journalist who tweeted about them and I think got suspended Yeah, she did. yeah that, that's for it. And that's from the Washington Post.
1: And the tweet was just a link to the yes. story. right. Uh,
0: no opinion or commentary you, attached.
1: No, it's just another story about Kobe Bryant that would be worth remembering, which was that he was... Uh, accused by a young woman of rape and the case didn't end up going to court. There was a settlement Mm. and an apology and, um, I mean, a weird kind of apology, but an interesting for that period acknowledgement that he had assumed that she had consented Mm. but later retrospectively, understood that when she kept saying no, 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 and pushing him away, then perhaps it wasn't consent, which was, I remember at the time, a very interesting moment in, um, how do I put this? There had always been this assumption that young women threw themselves at famous wealthy men Mm. and that famous wealthy men were entitled to young women and as... As much as that apology didn't make anything better, it was a really interesting moment when he admitted that he was possibly wrong. I mean, it didn't go far yeah. enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah sure. And then he yeah. bought his wife a five million dollar diamond ring that same week, and
2: you know, there was a beautifully orchestrated kind of yeah. PR yeah. campaign, which I think <laughs> had extended right up until you know very recently about rehabilitating his image etc yeah. yeah um I also feel like and I don't know if this is right <laughs> that there is a special <clears throat> kind of rung for sports stars in particular and I, I think it's maybe because they're like known for you know something that isn't linked necessarily to their behavior or, or the, their personality or the way they are because it's just all about their talent obviously Kobe from my understanding was beloved as well for you know who people who who people thought he was um but I think of like things like the cougar line case and stuff and 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 even Brock Turner the promising swimmer and it is this sort of sense of like keep them separate I don't know like yeah people manage to make this really bizarre psychic link a uh, disconnect I I mean between sports stars and their behavior in a way that I think they allow more of because, a disconnect sure. than other is, is it because prominent people. They're not famous
1: because of what they think, say, believe. It's yeah, it's because of what they do on the field or on
2: the court. I think. I think that's. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I does. don't know if that's yeah. true or not. Because obviously at the same time we've got fucking Harvey Weinstein. That's all happening now. It's clear that all, other prominent men in other industries do get away with this and and a lot of people still stick by them. But I do just think there is a special power afforded to sports stars, male sports stars, um, that other people don't get. Yeah. But it has been really interesting seeing it all seeing it all play out and seeing a lot of people forget it's also kind of a disservice to the human experience, right, to just ignore. That's part of yeah. his life too in the yeah. same way that all his achievements, all his talents were, you know? Yeah, they can all exist. They can yeah. all, all the exist time. at the same
1: time. Yeah, and talking about the the terrible bad things that he's done doesn't uh, wipe out his ability as a basketballer or what he did, you know, what he's done for – educating kids and a lot, a lot. They both happened. Mm. Yeah. They're both real. Mm. We're allowed to talk about them. We should talk about them, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. I think a lot of the people who didn't think that it was appropriate for that to be brought up so soon after his death, I mean, because they knew quite early on that a family member or members were also in the accident and that it had also passed away. <laughs> and I have to admit, my first instinct when I realised that his daughter had died as well was, mm. because of that, maybe go a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was just sort of like how I was like, because I was shocked when I, mm. within maybe five minutes of hearing that he had passed away, then yeah. saw someone with hit screenshot and put on my Instagram story um, excerpts of her testimony, of mm. the victim's testimony. And then I was like, oh, but his family are going through so much right now. Why... Why point that out? I mean, I know it was bad, mm. but just give him some yeah. time to process. And and I really have to question my own, like, reactions there. It's like, is that fair? Because I, I like you say, I believe that you can hold all of these truths at the same time without yeah, yeah. having to say he was a saint or the devil. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This is a, a dude yeah. with a lot of money and power, Yeah, which led him to do a lot of really great philanthropic things mm-hmm. and just kind things for children. Mm-hmm. And then also potentially quite a serious abuse of power because that's what men do when they're given limitless yeah, and, money and power.
1: And I think part of that instinctive reaction is that he's not here. The people who are left didn't do exactly, the terrible thing. Exactly. And yeah. what they know of him is different. They're allowed to
0: feel like yeah. he was a wonderful yeah. man for as long as they
1: yeah.
0: I live. Think,
1: yeah, well, and I also hope that his surviving family weren't reading Twitter and...
0: You would fucking hope, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Certainly, more pressing things, yeah, out there.
2: It's also just unbelievable. As a bit of a tangent, that. TMZ broke the news before the Sheriff's Department <gasps> were even able to tell the family. Yeah. That's and it's just like horrible. You know, yeah. It was such like a modern moment on every check. level. Like, totally.
0: Yeah. Like sure, you might be the first media outlet with the information, but fucking check if his family's been told. Yeah, yeah it's
1: outrageous. And I don't I don't ever understand those um those scoops that happen. In terms of minutes, because I, I get a scoop is important to a media organisation because you've got the story first, you've got all the information first, mm. and but that that's different from. Just notification of death, yeah. right? Mm. And I don't understand why five minutes makes any difference.
0: I mean, we can't pretend that TMZ has any <laughs> idea yeah. what yeah. a moral or a principle is. <laughs> yeah, five minutes is a lifetime when it comes to breaking something. First, I guess. I guess yeah. if you don't care about the effect on someone's family, I'm just not sure
1: consumers care. That like, do we care? That does anybody care that they've heard about it five minutes before anybody else? Yeah. I'd
0: actually, weirdly, I mm. think people do. Mm, do I'm then. not on oh, Facebook okay. anymore, but I do remember the sort of perverse pleasure that some people seem to take at being the first to go, R.I.P. David Bowie. Yeah. You know, and right. it's like, and then, everyone and then goes, what? And everyone's like, what? And it's yeah. like, you, like, you literally put that on your Facebook within like 10 seconds of hearing the news in the hope that you were the first person to put it on Facebook. Oh, that's, and yeah. that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. That's not a tribute, that's a race.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's scoring
0: points.
2: Yeah.
0: one of many things I don't miss about Facebook. I've got to say. Yeah. I oh, mean, people do it on Twitter as well, though. Do
2: we want to talk about Weinstein while should we're in this? I think we shadow, should. The shadow realm. I think we should, because I think that
1: the piece that, um, that we have here from Gia, what's her name? Gia oh, Tolentino. Tolentino. Is just so fantastically written that we... It, we should be boosting that to anybody that um listens to this podcast from The New Yorker,
2: yeah, I'm also quite fascinated again, a more of a media kind of aside. the um the journalists who have made it in to watch the trial, there's like a line outside the courtroom that um, I think I saw someone advertising It was for some prominent, I'm not sure who it was, like some New Yorker journalist or New York Times. Advertising for a like an intern to go and stand in line for them at like four AM so they could walk in whenever the courtroom opens. Because they take seventy journalists a day yeah.
1: apparently. If you're not in the first seventy, oh you don't get to be in the room.
2: But it's like it's like Cien. a yeah, like a new sneaker drop or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's quite weird. Yeah, or tickets to weird. a show really. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, Weinstein's hobbling his way into court every day,
0: We're, like yeah. hunched over. It's the performance of a lifetime. Yeah, it's
2: not wrong of me to think that
1: that's bullshit, eh? The walker. and I know he's had back surgery. And um, (laughs) and he's got a really ugly walker with, apparently he's got a new one now, but he started out with the one with the tennis balls on it. Yeah, yeah. Just to look like a sad, lonely, ineffectual, vulnerable man
2: who is the victim. Me hurt somebody Mm. I couldn't. I'm so old and sick. Mm. Um, and also reading the reporting that's coming out of the courtroom, I, I think it is detailed in that Gia Tolentino piece, and it just as a bit of a warning. I wasn't really aware of the full extent; like I always knew, you know, the, the sort of the more prominent stories that had come out. But when you read those mm-hmm. testimonies, it's disgusting, yeah, and it's yeah. a lot to process. And the sh- like the scale of it, it's just. Absolutely shocking. And then I just think back to those women last year, those two comedians who screamed at him in that in that room. And I'm like, that is that should be the normal. Yeah. None of the rest of this is the normal. That old man hobbling, going me. (laughs) I'm just ready for my dinner. (laughs) I hope it's something (laughs) soft. Um, that. I don't want that to be what is remembered of this. I don't think it will be. Anyway, no, it seems incredibly no, <laughs> no, no. clear that um, he's going down in a big way. But yeah. I I know we're not up to book
1: club, but I read. She said yeah. the, the amazing book that's written by the two journalists who broke the Weinstein story. Um, their names are Jody Cantor and Megan Tui from the New York Times, and it's uh, I highly recommend it. It's a rollicking, romping read. It's not it's not too triggering, I think, mm-hmm. because really the story is about how they got women to talk and how they uncovered the details and they thought they were doing an historical search into how he used to behave. And then somebody said to them, why are you looking at 20, 30 years ago? Why don't you look at what he's doing now? And it goes on after they broke the Weinstein story, they also uh, talk about what went on behind the scenes and the Christine Blasey Ford um, testifying in the Senate against um, Kavanaugh. And that is also incredibly enlightening. So I highly recommend that. And I think mm. I think as a backgrounder to what I'm reading now about the Weinstein case, it's just making me read all the coverage and go, uh-huh, yep, great, cool, yep, mm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, fuck, what a, it's so extraordinary that, and he's not the only one, that he could build a whole world where people were basically operating as his... Handmaidens. Mm. Yeah. The women he assaulted, the women who he manipulated into providing the women for him to assault, the men mm-hmm. he silenced, just a whole world that he yeah. created. And there's some. Fuck! There's some stories about these uh, women who uh, the the female lawyers who went over to the dark side to work oh. for him. It's just using the information that they gained from decades of representing women in sexual assault cases to undermine yeah. women who are accusing him of sexual assault. So yeah, good book.
2: Great. Can't
1: wait for the movie.
2: Have you read um, Catch and Kill? No. The Ronan Farrow one. No. Yeah, that was on my list too. Yeah. So, um, just also trying to take a break from heavy. Yeah. I mean, I'm, <laughs> having a, I'm having a little break from it. <laughs> yeah. It's tricky. Um, if we were to shantay over to a mansplain <laughs> moment <clears throat> just to bring the mood back up. <laughs> I've really enjoyed uh, Steph- the plight of Stefan Molyneux <laughs> over the- <laughs> he can't make any money anymore. No one's going to hire him, Michelle, because he heaps of racist things. and sexist, horrible things, and it's not fair
1: because they can just Google him and find out what an asshole he is.
0: <laughs> what am I? Gonna, what does he say? What am I going to? what am I going <laughs> to do? Go get a job back in the corporate world? <laughs> One search, and mm. it would be functionally impossible. Like, yeah. Who's who old who that? is that? Who's old is that?
1: And it's one of those. I, I saw a cartoon during the Watergate era. That's how old I am, and it was, a, and it stayed with me all my life. It was a cartoon of Richard Nixon with his pants around his ankles. Is it just sort of a little fat with a massive nose? Anyway, just, that's not important. But and there's a steaming pile of shit in his pants, and the <laughs> caption oh is, God. "Someone just shat my pants." <laughs> <laughs> you did it. You did it to yourself.
0: <laughs> yes, um, so, you know, Stephen who need needs money. Record. I think we
2: should start a um, some kind of GoFundMe for the poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start a GoFundMe for the person who tweeted this incredibly funny tweet. Stephen Molyneux tweeted, Women get mostly infertile at 40, but live to be 80. Without a family, what are you going to do for those 40 long, long years? And someone replied, I'm going to fuck everyone. That's what I'll do. Men, women, grandmas, grandpas, your wife, everyone. Going to fuck the whole world. Everyone except you. You can go and fuck yourself. <laughs> it's so good. It's so angry. It's so, <laughs> so mad. Um, so I'm, I'll support that person if they are in need of any... Um, <laughs> A job or <laughs> some <laughs> cash because that, that was that was just a joy um this is not a mansplain but I just wanted to just give a shout out to this bizarre thing that I saw on the motorway it was a van it was a bright yellow van so they had my attention already but across the back doors of the van and it's one of those kind of double door sort of moving looking vans it just said boobies make me smile In giant letters, and you'll notice the O's are, are, of course, boobies. They've got nipples. And I thought, what What? does he want? Yeah, Assuming it's (laughs) a he. Assuming it's a he, forgive me, (laughs) forgive me. I don't think so. I think he lives in it, assuming it's a he.
0: The boob mobile, dude.
2: Boobies make me smile. Oh, I see. Okay. (laughs) Do you think he wants people to show him their their boobies when they drive past? Maybe yeah, he's just I sharing, it's a, he's just sharing a, a facet of the it. The van is
0: also somewhat painted like an ambulance. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, it seems a little bit tricky. There's a big old antenna on top. Maybe he yeah. uses a radar to find boobies. Boobies,
1: yeah. Because <laughs> they are tricky, to Sensing boobies.
0: <laughs> you never know
1: when you're in the presence of a booby.
0: Beep, 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 beep.
2: It's just interesting, and I thought in this moment I was like, "Could this be something I call Star Triple Five about, <laughs> or do I just go straight to the police?" Um, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's a distraction, certainly. I mean, maybe he is just sharing something about himself. Maybe on the side of his what looks like an ambulance it says "Ice Cream"
2: makes me grin. Yeah, I mean, it <laughs> just,
1: just might be. Maybe these he's are a just few of my favorite of, things. Yeah.
2: It's like there is what there is a, a car that parks on my street that has you know how people can have the little writing on their number plate like oh, above yeah. the, and it's like, it's like I am a and then the number plate is US expat and then tiny letters at the bottom and bloody loving it. <laughs> Maybe it's like that. It's Good just like, tell you. me something about yourself. Yeah. I'm yeah. a US expat and bloody loving it. There is
0: a, a van that's uh, on the street one over from <laughs> the spin off that makes me, actually, does make me very happy. Yeah. It just has painted on the back, Vangelina Jolie. <laughs> 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 but like hand painted? Well, it's quite nice printing. Right. <laughs> but otherwise, totally white, nothing else on it, just Vangelina Jolie. <laughs> that's great. And that genuinely does make me happy. <laughs> That makes you smile. More than boobies, though. (laughs) You have to ask the question.
2: (laughs) Um, What about Megxit? Do we want to talk about Megxit? I don't care a great deal about the royals, but it has captured the imagination and it has also shown us some uh,
0: disparities, let's say. Yes. Love
2: that. How people feel about Kate v... Megan.
0: I mean, first of all, as, in as much as a royal is allowed to put two birds in the air and yell, fuck you, at the royal family, <laughs> <laughs> that is probably the most extreme version of that a royal has ever done. Yeah. yeah. And I am so here mm. for them protecting themselves against Princess Diana's fate.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. I just, I, this is the most exciting thing. Yeah.
0: And I am also so here for the absolutely dire tabloid industry in the UK having the entire world show <laughs> the rest of the world how fucking racist they are. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: Those side-by-side the headlines about Kate and Megan when they were pregnant, or whenever... You know, yep. Kate's cradling her baby bump. Megan is obsessed with hers. Yeah,
2: yeah. Is it pride, vanity, acting, or a new age bonding technique? <laughs> <laughs> She's just got her hand on her belly. Know, it's like <laughs> y- you You've had- been
0: you've been read, you know? It's like you complain all you want, racist ass Brits, but you have been red and these two people don't want anything to do with you. This woman of colour tried mm. mm. You will let her down, and, and now she's gone.
1: The message that it sends to young women around the world that uh, about the princess fairy tale is so fucking strong. Yeah, it's like, true. So, um, you know... She became a princess. She lived in a castle. She rode in a horse-drawn carriage. was it horse-drawn when she got married. And she went, ah, this is shit. I think I'll go to Canada and get a job. (laughs) This is much too ridiculous. I'm quite looking forward to um, Megan playing herself in the next season of The Crown. That would be really exciting. And, you know, just that whole idea that two people in their 30s. Like, imagine if neither of them were royal, which they, they won't be, yeah, i kind of aren't already. But you're in your 30s, you fall in love, you get married, your 93-year-old nana says, here's what you can do and here's where you have to live. And you go, no, oh, no, I don't think so. I think we'll move into our own place. Oh, grandma. No. <laughs> oh, I think it's... Fantastic.
0: Yeah. yeah. I reckon she was probably furious, mm. but you know, what's she going to do about it at this point?
2: What was all the thing that was going on, like, over Christmas and stuff? Like, she had left them out of uh, the family portrait, or, or, their, oh. or their Christmas photo wasn't on her desk when she did the the Queen's oh. Christmas. It was like, there was all this shady shit going on.
0: And that's what the royals do better than anyone. Yeah. It's just mm. subtle shade.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's rescued him from a really weird cult.
2: Good for What
0: me. a pointless institution. Yeah.
2: <laughs> People are really mad about it though, aren't they? Hey Hawkesby's up in arm. <laughs> oh, that's just because she, she was
0: right. She never <laughs> tra- I, I still don't <coughs> get what she thinks she was right about. She's like, she had an agenda. She's only doing it to get famous. She was. But famous. what has happened is mm. She got more famous as a princess and decided she didn't want it anymore. Yeah, she yeah. didn't want it. So I don't that get what celebrity. the I was right agenda bit is because she's rejecting the fame. Yeah. Well, a lot of the fame because it's too late now. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I, this is such a weirdly smug piece that yeah. where really you're still like, I still don't get what you think you're right about because she that's escaped. not what just happened. She left. Mm. She escaped
1: with the husband
0: <laughs> and the baby. Yeah. For a life of less fame. Yeah.
2: A lovely Canada.
0: Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I never trusted her. You know what? She doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, the idea of
2: Megan Markle opening her laptop and Googling Kate Hawkesby. <laughs> Me? Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of thoughts, Gwyneth. Goodness vagina candle. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: I love it. Okay. I love it. I've I've just started watching the Goop show last night, and I am I mean I am very easily sucked into um, mumbo jumbo. Yeah. You know wellness stuff and anything that will make my life better by doing what something are you gonna try? extremely stupid. Well, I'll tell you what I've already tried. I had a cold shower this morning because I'd watched the episode with that VIM VIM Hof the mm. Ice Man.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: <sighs> It wasn't pleasant, I feel like shit still. But. Really, <laughs>
1: I still quite it's just a, a cold function. shower.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, did you start with a warm shower and then I did, I d- and then the drop warm. it down.
0: Yeah, it's, I
2: did a like dramatic yeah. last thirty seconds. Okay. kind of um,
0: good for you here doing that. Yeah, by the way. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Closes off the yeah, something. It's a yeah, the follicles don't want lays to say the follicles. Down. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, supposed to do that after you've your hair. You're supposed oh, to rinse yeah. it in cold water, <laughs> so you don't stain your pillowcase. Okay, so I haven't achieved that. Yeah.
2: Um, but if you wanted to get a hands-on one of Gwyneth Paltrow's um, candles that allegedly smells like her vagina, they're all sold out. I want,
0: gone. One. I,
1: mean, I want one. I want i I'm slightly confused because when <laughs> when she, this this candle smells like my vagina, that's what it says. Yes, isn't it? geranium,
0: citrusy bergamot, and cedar.
1: Does she specifically mean it smells like her vagina? I think so. Or does she want women to own a candle that and that they think smells like their own vagina? You know, like it's yeah, an yeah, that's a good question. It does. It's, it's right. not. This candle smells like Gwen's v- vagina my vagina, meaning the owner of the candle yeah. so It's affirming that your vagina is fabulous. I suppose once mm. it's
0: on the mantle and you have a guest round, that is how they would read it. They would it's see the home. candle and yeah. be like, well, this is your home, that's your candle. Right. I assume this is what your this vagina, is what smells, your vagina like. smells like. Well, actually, when you think about all the negative connotations around how vaginas smell... Uh-huh. Actually putting that sort of quite subtle message into someone's brain that they actually smell quite nice. Yeah, this Even is... if the candle is not literally vagina-scented. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's I know. actually quite a nice subversive idea. Yeah. I don't know,
1: I don't know how to describe the smell of the vagina. It just smells uh, uh, like Not vagina. geraniums?
2: Mm. Is it? You wouldn't is use it, is the word? Bergamo.
1: Citrusy? Definitely.
2: See, <laughs> <laughs> so I would quite like the idea of a, like, DIY kit. Okay. You know, if you got the, you could mix your own flavours. Yeah oils, <laughs> scents.
1: Is this after you've made your thrush bread? Yeah.
2: Good. Okay. So this is a craft day, am okay, I? Okay, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I, lo- I love a clean linen candle. Yeah. I love.
0: Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I
2: find it like magic that you can create the smell of clean linen. I know it's not that magical because it is actually chemical smells anyway. Yeah. But for some reason it always... Felt like magic to me. Oh, this year. Vagina doesn't smell like clean linen. (laughs) But they don't know that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know who they are. (laughs) (laughs) They.
1: All I've got
0: going my on customers. In, my, in my head right
1: now is I said bergamot and it's bergamot. I want to apologize bergamot. for Oh, because I said bergamot.
0: bergamot and you said bergamot and yeah, I was like, oh, no. I am oh, shamed. Oh, I'm wrong. I had I'm no wrong. idea. No, I mean,
1: that's one of the last things my mother said to me when I said something about, I've got this room spray, it's got bergamot. She said it's bergamot, darling. So yeah, yeah I just want to. Great. I've been told. I'm going to stop. T- I get I get a lot of verbal spanking from older women. <laughs> that is pretty much my job.
2: <laughs> um... More on Goop. I just love it. Okay,
0: great. I love it. I'm going to start watching this weekend.
2: It's actually yeah. not even... Um, I was watching it with Joe, who made a really good point that it's kind of like post-Vice. You know how Vice did all that, like, we go and try these weird sort of things oh, and sure. put together kind of an edgy... The first episode's about psychedelics, experimenting oh, with hey. magic and mushrooms and stuff. And it's like Vice, but pastel. Mm-hmm, you know? Like, mm-hmm, it's literally basically mm-hmm. the same and with a lot less edge and a lot more, like, talking about your feelings. And a lot of crying. I love it. <laughs> Lovely.
0: I love it. I'm just fascinated. Does Gwyneth, from the trailers and things that I've seen, it looks like a lot of people who aren't Gwyneth Paltrow it's a lot are lot of people going who off aren't to do Gwyneth things. Paltrow. Yeah, okay. But
2: it's quite interesting, especially kind of working in like, I don't want to say that the spinoff is like the Goop Lab, but they do have <laughs> like a content, <laughs> they have an office of content creators. Yeah. So they're the people that go out like her minions. Um. And and ex- do these experiments and then kind of report back to Gwyneth, who talks to an expert about it. Um, and they recommend doing a psychedelic mushroom trip as like an office. <gasps> <laughs> this is a great idea. I'm up for it. Work <laughs> yeah. yeah. trip. Yeah. They're like, you know, there's a lot of you just kind of shed yourself. And yeah. it actually makes sense with all these people you spend so much time with that you have that kind of intimate experience. <laughs> I was like, I'm into it. I don't
1: know. <laughs> I just want to say that Gwyneth Paltrow, who has been an object of division for good reason, JDX Um plays a really instrumental role in bringing down Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. And that's explained very clearly in She Said. And oh. I will love her forever for that. Yeah. She did some very... Um, pivotal things that started to unravel the story. And when they, the, spoiler, uh, when they get all the women who have accused Weinstein together in a room, the room is at Gwyneth's house. Oh, great. Yeah, so I um, have some, uh, a lot of respect for her that I possibly did not have once I'd read about vagina dust.
0: Yeah. What about do, Does this shake your respect for Gwynethon anyway on the Goop website? You can buy a product called <laughs> Psychic Vampire Repellent.
1: Okay, yeah. No, it does. Yeah, okay. Still she's on just, board? She's lost some points. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, you can banish psychic vampires with this essential oil, blend of lavender, okay. rosemary, and Jennifer. All right, no, all right.
2: What's the price point on that? <laughs>
0: um, just a cool US $27. <laughs> I do 40-odd
1: well. over here. <laughs> well, it, were there any, did you see vampires in the group series? Well, true. So, they're not there.
0: Psychic true.
1: vampires, even. They've been
2: repelled. That's true. Mm. Um, what else have you been watching and enjoying? I'm oh.
1: still, oh, God, I'm. Uh, what am I doing with my life? I've been watching The Morning Show, which is a sort of a story about a, TV morning television show post-Weinstein where Steve Carell has been accused of being a sexual predator and it's produced by Reese Witherspoon and it stars Reese and Jennifer Aniston and it is fucking superb and it has great discussions about... um, what the men are feeling <laughs> and what women are doing for each other and it's uh and what television's like it's yeah i really really enjoyed it i cool. chewed through that in a couple of days binged on that it's on apple plus so you you sign up to apple plus and you watch the morning show and then you cancel that subscription because it's oh, ridiculous yeah. to have too many platforms exactly
2: <laughs> exactly what
0: about you leona um so i binge watched like a maniac the second season of sex education i know i talked about it on watch club Mm
2: -hmm. after they
0: watched the first season second season maintains um sex education is like a it's like a teen dramedy on netflix um about a boy whose mother is a sex therapist who is the incredible Gillian anderson and Mm -hmm. she's so great Um, And he starts giving out amateur sex advice at his high school. And all the issues that the kids come to him about are both incredibly relevant and ridiculously funny and filthy. (laughs) And the whole show's universe is just, like, incredibly, like, gender and sexual diverse and very, like, open. And, like, you just find yourself learning stuff. And laughing, like I learned about anal douching. And it's like this lecture delivered just by like this young French exchange student who's like teaching the boys about anal douching. And it's like, it's just like, it opens up this entire world of stuff that teenagers aren't meant to talk about or know about yeah. even. Mm. And the parents in the show are also like, our teenagers into, what What the fuck, are you, are you serious? Mm-mm. And it's like, that's just the reality and it just sort of lays it out there in a way that's like super fun to watch. And some of the characters, I just think the writing is really good. Like a lot of the characters are complete subversions of those teen tropes. The bully, his name is Adam. It's not really a bully, but I just think he's probably one of the best written characters in any teenage comedy ever. Wow. Yeah. Just so complicated, physically imposing, but always on the edge of either like self-destruction or doing something amazing and it's... Anyway, I love it. Gillian Anderson is yeah. incredible. She turns in this very like restrained performance, except for there's a moment where she cracks, and you're like, "Holy shit, you're the greatest actress of our generation!"
2: <laughs> Whoa.
0: Um, yeah, so can't recommend that highly enough. And it's written by women. Half the episodes are directed by women. The other half by the guy who I think. Wrote no, maybe just directed catastrophe. That really great, yeah. yeah. Sharon Morgan comedy. So yeah, I'm so 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 into that show and everyone around it.
2: It's on Netflix. eh? Mm. Incredible. I um, I just like to give a shout out to the Bachelorette. Any Real Pod fans listening?
0: Any reality (laughs) TV
2: fans in the house? Because it has been a long time coming that we have got a woman getting to choose from twenty, however many men. And I've already been quite surprised by some of the conversations. I think they've done a really good trick giving all the men like little GoPros because I thought it might have been a budget thing. The more I think about it, I'm like, it's because men have trouble talking to each other about their feelings. So instead they have this little, their own little confessionals where they're like, oh yeah, I think I really like it, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: so they can talk to a camera instead of each other yeah yeah, yeah. Has been, they
2: do you know I have actually been surprised the ease at which they're talking about feelings and stuff but I do think that is another little extra level and I love it and Dr. Lucena the bachelorette is just an absolute vision she is perfect in every single way <laughs> and she's a dream bachelorette and I'm just really happy I'm just really happy at the moment (laughs) it's a big moment for me yeah this is great we're we're really happy happy for you thank you thank you it does it's not you know I know there are bigger battles than gender equality in the Bachelor franchises but
1: (laughs) (laughs) no it's a it's it's a heart of the zeitgeist if we can
2: win it there we can win the fringes (laughs) I'm just waiting with bated breath to see so there's a new Bachelorette arriving next week there's going to be two And I just am hoping and praying that they both get to stay and have equal amounts of agency because the only other time this has happened was in the US one. And they started with two bachelorettes and the men got to choose which one they liked more to stay. And it was like some of the most excruciating, disgusting television, Horrible. completely undermined like the whole thing. Um, But I trust, I trust in New Zealand that we're not going to do that because then I have to eat my words and delete (laughs) um, my entire... Catalogue. So (laughs) we will see. What about reading? I've already talked about she said so you lovelies. I would like to just give a shout-out to two books that have been snubbed. The Occams. Linda Burgess's Someone's Wife. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic um, book of essays, kind of reflective memoir-esque. She's just got had an incredible life. She's so funny and it's so moving and it's so like gentle. It reminds me a little bit of like that Liam McFall collection of essays. Yeah, yeah. Um, just like a really nice summer read, but also there's a lot of, you know, there are some like cr- extremely sad essays and just wonderful. And Rose, Lu- Rose Lou's book, um, All Who Live on Islands, which is another sort of reflective memoir um, about her own experience growing up in Wellington, um, as a Chinese New Zealander. And it's again, it's like nothing I've ever read before. And i just like to give a shout out to those two books. If you haven't read them, go buy them. Cool.
0: That's great. Good regs. I read a book on my break um, that really changed my brain a little. It's called um, How to Do Nothing Resisting the Attention Economy by yes. Jenny O'Dell. She's a, an artist that works in sort of like these um, digital media She's done like residencies at like Facebook and the mm. Internet Archive and whatnot. But the story, the book, is basically like resisting the attention economy. Kind of sounds like it's going to be like advice on how to like turn off the internet or whatever. Log mm-hmm. out. Yeah. But it's not. Okay. It's sort of. It's an. She acknowledges that um, that's just part of life now, um, and it is sort of ways to use it more intentionally and like to facilitate real life interactions, face to face interactions. And that's sort of like the broader idea of the book, but how she actually explores it is like no other nonfiction book I've ever read. She's from the Bay Area in the US, um, grew up basically in Silicon Valley and now lives in Oakland. And she goes off on this amazing historical tangent about basically the history of refusal, of people refusing to participate in... um, what is seen as, like, the social norm of the day, but is actually potentially harmful to the people in it. So right back to, like, the Greek philosopher who was um, sort of, like, who started, like, the cynicism movement, basically. Mm. He would enter theatres after everyone left and just basically lived his life refusing, like, doing the opposite of what everyone else was doing, kind of as art, kind of as philosophy, and then it also looked at the history of, like, trade unions, like, indigenous histories. She spends a lot of time in nature, so it's like, just talking about the permanence of, like, native birds and trees mm. and, like, I don't know. It just – she goes off on all of these amazing historical tangents and then always brings it back to an anecdote about her life and her career. So you kind of just still, all the way through, feel like you're having a conversation with someone, mm-hmm. and she is – quite a celebrated academic but it does not feel like it's a book written by someone like that mm. it's mm. just the clearest argument for being in nature and talking to people face to face as if one were needed but by the time you get to the end of the book you're like okay this is how I need to live my life better in the digital world because it's kind of killing us
1: yeah this is great yeah
0: it's really great I, it's it's probably the best nonfiction book I've read mm for me mm. anyway. Mm.
1: I feel like I know her name, Jenny O'Dell. Jenny O'Dell. Huh. I'll Google. She, yeah she teaches
0: at Stanford or at least she might has. Might have been when I was studying there. Yeah it might no. have been previous <laughs> Stanford <No>. days. <laughs> she, was, she talks about this thing called deep listening which <laughs> is taught or pioneered I think in the 70s by a music teacher at Stanford which is kind of a form of meditation but it's just listening to everything around you from the things at the farthest edges of your listening to the nearest and i was on great barrier so i did deep listening every day while i was on barrier it's like that's my way that's my form of meditation i Mm. can't actually meditate because i'm too distracted but listening Mm. is something i can do well yeah so i've been doing that as well
2: that's great yeah so
0: that was a good recommendation too yeah
2: i really like um books like that now that are like Acknowledge that it's just, it's not, but you can't just delete, it's not about just deleting your yeah, account no. and turning off your phone. Like, yeah. we
0: have to survive and live in this world. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: but we can. But you're allowed to say and, no.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: One of the main points as well, I, I, I won't go on too much longer, but it's like you need to spend time in your life doing something that doesn't, that no one profits from. Yeah. Mm. You or a social media company or a retailer or whoever. But it's like you actually need to consciously spend hours doing stuff that no one is profiting from in order to have a happy life. It's a really lovely point. Yeah, so. and I was like, holy shit! Like, even just looking at a website, someone mm. else is making money off that. Yeah, yeah. So just intentionally try to have, spend hours when no one's making money mm. at all. What yep. if
2: you open YouTube but you shut your eyes? <laughs> <laughs> what about then, Leonie? <laughs> you got
0: me. You got us all. <laughs>
2: Kia ora, Queenie, of the month. I would like to give a special shout out to uh, Vanessa Nakate, I hope I said her name right, who is the 23-year-old Ugandan climate activist who was completely erased from that photograph Uh, um, that uh, the Associated Press uh, published and then sort of has now come into public view Associated Press apologized for cropping her out but still just called her African activist (gasps) in a tweet which she then retweeted and said my name is Vanessa like it just it was also quite a good instructive like how not to go about that you know how not to go about apologizing there um but yes know her name follow her work she's got hell of a Twitter and she's Fucking feisty, that twenty-three-year-old. <laughs> How outrageous!
1: I, I know. Looked at that, and oh god, who makes those? Who, yeah, yeah. You've got to. I I can't understand the thinking that went. Oh, we'll just chop her off. Yeah, egg. she yeah. doesn't. One of these things doesn't look like the other.
0: <laughs> yeah. what? It's yeah. ruining the symmetry of my photo. Uh-huh. Yeah. My shout
1: out is to Renee Liang, who is a fantastic writer and also a pediatrician and also Uh, a fine parent and all the good things. And she wrote a a great piece. She was clearly furious, but she can put words together when she's furious about, um, there was a parenting expert, Making Bunny ears, parenting expert in the Herald, who said that uh, mothers texting while breastfeeding, uh, this is dangerous and bad and evil and wrong, and it'll kill everybody. And Renee wrote a fantastic response to that about, all the amazing things that she's managed to do while breastfeeding her child on her phone, like she wrote a book with Michelle Pals, which was uh, yeah. partly written with you know one finger on I I don't know, maybe she uses two fingers when she's typing on a phone, <laughs> uh, and you know, pointing out the obvious thing that any breastfeeding parent knows that um, the baby's eyes are shut. They don't. They don't look at you. They don't know right. what you're doing. You could be painting the ceiling. You oh, they smell that. But you could be pulling terrible faces at them or yeah. wearing a mask. They wouldn't mm-hmm. know. They're they've got their eyes shut. They're having a lovely time with the breast milk. So yeah, so fantastic. Clap back to that ridiculous piece of mother shaming in um in the Herald.
0: Good. Cool. We love that. We would love to see it. Um, my Kyoto Queenie, uh, a collective of people, um. If you didn't know, February is hashtag fatfeb and it's all about celebrating your fat body um, and a lot of activity. I mean, this has been spearheaded by um, Emma Tavola, who runs a gallery in Otahu called um, Vunilangi Vu. And so they've got a whole program of stuff happening um, around the fat body, which is really cool, but also halfway through the month, they're having a fat babe pool party which is happening on the 15th of um, February at uh, this hotel in Otahu, the Mount Richmond Mount Richmond Hotel in Otahu. They've got this really great courtyard and this massive pool. You can buy tickets, um, and there's also um, workshops and uh, artistic events with people like Megan Kerr and Lissy Cole and Coco Solid. Um, and, it's, yeah, it's all about celebrating, drawing, writing about the fat body – Having a party in your togs with other people that want to celebrate their fat bodies. And I'm so into it. And I'm going to the pool party because it yes. sounds like such a good time. And um, if that sounds like your cup of tea, I reckon you should go too. Yeah, we'll
2: post it up on our Facebook page as Yeah, well. So, so that's page.
0: a whole lot of kia ora queenie right there.
2: Yeah. I'm feeling a bit better now. I do I too. gotta say, after this pod, <laughs>
1: I thought I looked at the list and thought, Oh, this might be quite dark. Ah, the oh
2: the <laughs> fires, <laughs> wine scene. Oh. But I feel great.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you for sticking with us. No, this has been slightly longer than usual, but it's been a hell of a month. So yeah. in a
0: couple of months. We missed you guys. We did so. miss you
2: guys. And we'll be back as normal end of end of February. And yeah, if you haven't watched our web series yet, do check it out on YouTube. We've got eight Eight episodes of oh, lots of different things, lots and lots of
1: sex positivity, climate changing. I don't know online what, what abuse. Did we do?
2: Yeah, for that, for a laugh that.
1: <laughs> and getting older and oh oh, there's so much. It's, it's it's surprising we've
2: still got subjects for this year, but by crikey, we have. We should sure do, and you should see the long list. <laughs> Season three, hello. Um, but yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves, so.
0: Bye. Kia ora, Te Butler here, podcast manager at the Spinoff.